Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And part of the upping of the antics is, is part of the, the tr- to trying to match what you've lost in terms of skill and everything else to remain effective. Like we get, it's almost out of desperation that it becomes like right. you're trying to sell that foul. So, but you know, that, that you go to those links. So it's, it, 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 it seems to be part of it too. I think is desperation for a guy who's clearly on the, on the decline. I mean, that that's obvious right now. So listen, uh, it's got to stop. Uh, we'll see if this does it for the NBA. You've got your doubts uh, in terms of whether it does, but again, you go back out there while and out again, it's just like John ja Morant, you know, meeting with Adam Silver and saying you understand, and literally he's making the same mistake 10 weeks later. If he goes back out, plays exactly the same way after this indefinite suspension, I mean, that's, I can't imagine Draymond's going to be, you know, as stupid as Ja was to make that same mistake after again speaking with the commissioner, saying you understand, you go out and make the same mistake. Could be wrong, though. Draymond, maybe, maybe he can't. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not hopeful. Um, also, very weird uh, <clears throat> incident in the NBA last night with one of the nicest guys in the history of the league, Giannis, going off for 64 franchise and career high for him. And the Pacers stole the damn ball in Milwaukee. And after the game, it was wild because, you know, there's a big dust up. They're trying to find the ball, they're trying to get it to Giannis. And somebody takes off with it, and they go to the locker room. Then Giannis, dude, he darts across the court back in the locker room. Like, that is a big man moving very fast towards the uh, Pacers locker room. And uh, it, it doesn't sound, Jason, like he he doesn't believe that the ball that they gave him is the game ball, is the real one. And, and Rick Carlisle's uh, excuse is that in a blowout game, uh, Oscar Sheepway should get the game ball. Because he scored his first NBA career points. I, I think this is absolutely insane that the Bucks are at home and Giannis doesn't think he got the game ball. He doesn't have the game ball either from his game 650 ball against the Suns in the finals, which I also find absolutely ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, I mean, did, did you not find that just crazy that the Pacers thought they were entitled to the ball because – a, a guy that's not even going to be in the league most likely in three years scored his first NBA point. I, I found both things crazy. I found both the, both on both sides of it. The fact that the Pacers are holding a ball for Oscar Shibway, who played six minutes and hit one free throw. And yes, first career point. Rick Carlisle says they do that all the time. But again, in a game where Giannis is scoring a franchise record, you're trying to take the ball. And, and John, maybe, you know, Maybe I don't understand it enough. I, f- I figure game balls get thrown around all the time, and whether it's the actual one used or the or just one that's symbolic, lots of folks have them. Because if Rick's right, right, you're not. I mean, you've just given a ball to some of these guys. I mean, if you're rewarding Oscar Sheway, who only played six minutes, like what are we talking about here? Then surely this is done all the time. You would. Th- I mean, I I I would think. And 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 symbolically, game balls are thrown. So that's why I go back to Giannis's reaction about why it's got to be the actual one. Like, it, it, and I realize franchise record. It's important to you. He said afterwards he wants to give the ball to his mom. But it just, John, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. It just seems like game balls throughout Giannis's career probably given out all the time, half symbolic, half of them real. This one clearly he wants the one that was actually dribbled, but but for him to run across for the scuffle afterwards, Carlisle talked about it. Their GM got hit in the ribs with an elbow, so he's he's got a bone bruise apparently. Like to go to those lengths, did you see the way he was talking to Giannis was saying, get the effing ball after he came back. The the way he was talking to, you know, other members of the Bucks staff, members of the Pacers staff, teammates. I mean, he. I felt like he lost his mind just as much too. So I found it crazy on both sides that you're 
that we got to give a game ball, and in this case, the real one to Shibway for one point in a game where you know Giannis wants I mean, he had 63 or whatever it is, franchise record, and then I thought Giannis went completely overboard in the in the, in the, in the trying to track down the real ball. I don't, maybe I'm crazy. I thought it was overreaction on both sides. I thought it was well, silly. I mean, he, he should have had to do that. In, because he's in Milwaukee. I get that. I understand right. that. I mean, he, they should have just, they should have like used some common freaking sense. But, but who give, who cares whether it's the one that was dribbled or this other ball that's sitting here right on the rack and maybe was used earlier? Yeah. I mean, I mean, what are we talking about? Is, is it that serious with professional athletes yeah. where it's got to be the actual ball? I just feel like through all these guys, they played at the highest of levels and balls are given out all the time. And I, I've just never thought that it was that, you know, it's that important for athletes, and maybe it's just Giannis to get the you know the actual one that's got the sweat on it. He says he feel the difference, you know, the, between the the new ball and the one that was used, and feel offended that he didn't get the real one. I just thought the, the dude. Did you see the way he was talking to the Milwaukee personnel, the Indiana personnel? Like it, it just the 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 vitriol. Just thought I I, I thought it was overboard. Dude, I mean, just come on, man. You got the you got the win. You got a ball that you can give to your mom. Tell her it's the real one. She ain't gonna know. She ain't gonna know. You want to get in a fight it's... about it, John? Come on, man. That's as silly as the stuff yeah, in I the mean... back. That's as silly as the stuff in the backyard of Jai's house. To me. Well, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't. You're right. He should have been entitled to the ball first because he's at home and he scored the franchise record. But to go to those, you want to you want to fight about it, bro? Like, come on. And he did. Right. He did. Um, remember how we were talking about, like, I don't know, like two weeks ago, we were talking about, is anybody going to surpass even Kobe's 81? You know, like, Giannis kind of made me think it's going to happen. It's probably going to be at a Pacers game, too. He's the first non-guard. Uh, it's the most points scored by a non-guard since Robinson's 71 and 94. So, wow. Yep. Non guard, according to ESPN stats and info. And then, like, what did the? I mean, that that was a that that game. weren't there like I saw somebody tweeting about this. Um, there were a ton of free throws, weren't there? Yeah, it was real physical. I think he got thrown down the game. Like I understand. Yeah. Remember, and wasn't it the Indiana that put them out of the uh, the in season tournament? You know, so there there's some feelings on yeah. both sides of that right now, and I can understand. Yeah. You know, there being tension and everything else that includes after the game. But the fact that you'd be willing to get into a little brouhaha about it uh, just seemed a little as ridiculous to me as the idea that Indiana's trying to save a real game ball for Oscar. Man went one or two from the line uh, because it's his first I, point. I mean, he Rick played Carlisle six being minutes. A damn he's, idiot. he's not even some big-time rookie. You know what I'm saying? Like one of the yeah, one of man, our best rookies on. in the come league. On. Like what are we talking about here? So I, I just for me it was ridiculous on both. I couldn't believe what I was watching on both ends. Uh, 80 free throws. In yeah. this game. Yeah, it was tense. Yeah. And that's a lot of damn foul shots, buddy. That's a slap. That game took forever. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was a, it was all over. Like, you know, I put on ESPN last night in the room, and it was just, that's 64. all they were talking about. I, was this, I, sure I mean, it's, it's, it, it was dramatic. There's no doubt about that. How about Giannis going 24-32 from the free throw line? Yep. And that's why it kind of feels like there will be somebody that, that, that breaks 81 you know, it's, uh, thirty-two uh, free throws for them. Yeah, it, it might be him. I mean, honestly, if he gets on, you know, if he gets the right, if he gets the right game, you know, and the right, if you know, if it goes to OT or something, like he gets the foul line all the time. We talked about that, like how how he just gets every call, basically. You know, um, campaign did have a point last night. Give him the game ball. You know what I'm saying? He had as many as uh, Sheboy. Uh plus four. I have you know. Uh, the yes, Bucks sir. were when campaign was on the floor. He was yes, also I saw, looked like he was trying to break up the the scuffle in the tunnel afterwards too. So we salute you, campaign, and what you're doing for the Bucks. Yes, indeed. Uh, anyway, Jason is a Giannis hater. Says he should just get a Harlem Globetrotters ball. Dude, you think Mike would have done that? You think LeBron would have done that? Embarrass yourself. I run, think LeBron would have done it for run, sure. Embarrass yourself running after the ball rather than sending somebody for that ball. You really want to fight over it, man? It, you really think those two would have done it? No, that was ridiculous, dude. I mean, I, it was I feel childish. Like, probably, like he, go he, send somebody. Was, you have your people have handle that in that. Indiana. You have he, your people handle that, right? You well, have that, your personnel, yes. your managers. Y'all go to, like he was yelling at them to do afterwards, rather than you go running for it, making it up, dude. 
Because, I mean, again, I'm talking about a game ball you're going to give to your mom, and you can, you can give any game ball to your mom. It ain't that important as the one with the, the, there, it's, the, it's with the good, DNA on it. It's a good little it. rivalry now we got, right? I mean, it's yeah, good well, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I'm all for, uh, yeah. And, and and maybe the in-season tournament help add to that a little bit. Giannis wanted to be in. You beat him in a, in a spot that technically mattered, and uh, you saw the little payback for it last night and how physical things were. Um, yeah, I'm all for a real rivalry of uh, teams that really don't like each other, whether it's in the East or the West. I, I'm, I'm drawn to that. Absolutely. Uh, so anyway, uh, fireworks last night in the NBA. All right, we'll come back with the rundown then. Who else is going to join us? You already know. Jeff Kyle Gins. Jeff Kyle Gins. So that's coming up. Stick around. Jason and John, I'm trying to FM, ESPN. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's lunchtime. Maybe not out here in Vegas yet. It's only uh, 10, 15. But it is lunchtime there in Memphis, and there is no better place to go. And drop in than the wing guru. Why is that? Because they have the best wings. Locations all around the Memphis area. Brand new location in Arlington. So no matter where you happen to be, there's going to be a wing guru near you. So you can get your hands on those delicious, well-cooked, flavor, full of flavor wings. My go-to is the garlic sriracha. You get it every time I go. And uh, never lets me down. But they got Triple J sauce. Go honor Triple J after that. Two straight 40-ball performances. Whatever you want, whatever you need, all kinds of flavors. Wing Guru, get there today. Nashville Hot Man, myself, uh, they've got a great deal for the rest of December. 20-piece boneless. Boy, that speaks to me. Love mine boneless for $22.99. You can get that throughout the month of December. Again, 20-piece boneless for $22.99. Only the best wings in town. When you see Billy Richmond, the former Tiger basketball player that's made all of this wing guru madness possible, you tell him that Jason and John sent you. Everybody around this time, we do the rundown. Let's go. It's the rundown with the biggest stories of the day from Jason and John on 92.9 FM ESPN. First story. I saw the news that Memphis has sold out the club level, Jason. Hey! You're welcome. Saturday's not going to be a problem. Can you get the same kind of deal on Tuesday? And how much will Saturday's result factor into Virginia? Man, you just want deals on deals, bro. I like to get to it. You know, you just, the you next, just want the deals next thing. on deals, yeah, deals like, on wheels. No it's, no, it's great news. It's great news for Penny. It's great news for the team, right? I, did, I mean, well, yeah. I, I mean, imagine. I mean, what, what's that going to be if you've sold out all club level and you're done? You know, lower bowl. What you got in there? At least, at least twelve, at least eleven. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember how the FedEx form is exactly constructed, but isn't it like there's more? There's more on the middle and upper level, level. Than the top. Uh, that's what we're trying to invert in it, so we get more lower level seats. Yeah, okay, yeah, maybe that's right. Point um, is, and the, the terrace level won't be in. That that's the point. Is that 
feels like you're going to have at least 11 plus up in there. And I would think it's it's you know, yeah. a little bit higher than that based on, you know, sort of the uh, the the feeling around the team right now and the fact that this team's 7 and 2 with with uh with uh with with great possibilities ahead of it, John. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be the uh, you know, most raucous environment that Clemson has played in all year. That's for damn sure. I mean, that's the that's the beauty of it. I mean, you're talking about they did play at Alabama, but this was sort of you know, when Alabama was already kind of falling apart, <clears throat> and that's not really that much of an environment anyway. For football, it is, but not for basketball. Played at Pitt, played at TCU. I mean, this is going to be an atmosphere that this group has not seen this year, you know, before they get into ACC play. So I think that's a big advantage. Um, you know, I think you're right. I think Memphis is going to definitely open as a, you know, um, you know, it'll probably be a pick, um, I would guess. And, and and look, I mean, I think the, I think the matchup. I, I don't know much about Clemson's guards, Jason. I don't know if you know you're familiar with any of them. I mean, I know obviously you know their their best player, who is PJ Hall. But oh, they got the kid from um, uh, Syracuse, the 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 transfer, Gerard. Yeah, Joseph. Um, six two one eighty nine. Been in college for a long time. Yeah. But he's the kind of he's the kind of guard I feel like that's going to struggle with Memphis, man. Like. You know, not 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 super big. You know, not super long. You know, can 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 shoot the ball really well. But I think Memphis is going to do a good job on him. Um, so I think that's that's going to be a um, you know that's going to be an underrated I think matchup there. Um, but I I really think Memphis's athleticism and and, and length and you know um, some of the things they can do you know will be will be big in this one defensively. Um, I, I, I got to tell you, man, I, I like Memphis. I, I do. I mean, I know that's easy to say because, like, we're on Memphis radio, but I think it's a good matchup for the Tigers. Um, and I think they're, you know, pretty damn motivated to get this done, get in the top 25. They got that car going for them. Clemson, Clemson is, like, way beyond, you know, any expectations. So I think Memphis is kind of catching them at a good time, Jason, if I'm being honest. Well, I'll say this. Texas A&M was a good test in the sense that you talk about the way Texas A&M plays. They're one of the slowest in the country, I think 324th in terms of tempo. And with Clemson, it's it's similar, 270th. Point is, play slower. And Memphis, in that game against Texas A&M, and we talked about it, John, earlier this week, did a great job of imposing its will. Uh, when it had to go small and everything else, you know, playing its game as opposed to Texas A&M, which we talked about sort of built to stop you, uh, letting them impose, you know, the sort of tempo they wanted to. So it, Clemson's going to want to slow you down. There's no question about it. They're not going to want to, you know, get out and run with you, much like Virginia might do, drop guys back from the the, uh, the glass to stop you from running. Um, that's a game they want to play. They want to slow you down. And and that's going to be the book for most uh you know, most opponents of Memphis. Uh, because, again, you get Quinterly and those guys out in transition, that's when they're thriving. And so that I, I would just say that, you know, it's going to be completely different in terms of now it's your atmosphere and these Memphis players have never seen it either, John, to your point that it'll be different uh, in some ways for Clemson. I'd still tell you, you know, winning that game in Alabama, that's, I mean, you, you said Alabama's falling apart. They haven't fallen apart. They just lost to Purdue. I thought they had another one in there. Why they, they've they lost should, they Ohio State, Clemson, and Purdue. They've lost Ohio State, Clemson, and Purdue. Yeah, they lost to Ohio. Yeah, Ohio yeah. State. But, was I, the but, one. but that I mean, is, that's look, that's still a good Alabama team that you went down there. And yeah, beat. I mean it's 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 not it's not a yeah they just they just are I would say disappointing at this point because I mean they they were a top twenty five team coming into the year. Yeah, back to the point. Good, uh, the way Texas A and M plays, it's a good sort of tune up. Now they don't have anybody. Uh, Texas A and M didn't have anybody like. Like Penny talked about, like PJ Hall, you've talked about PJ Hall and what he can do to you, you know, from a number of different standpoints, both scoring and and rebounding. But mm-hmm. um, I do think, again, in your atmosphere, if you can turn this team over, you know, get those opportunities, play your pace. Yeah, man, I'm w- I'm, I'm with you. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, Texas A&M was a good sign of what you'll you'll be able to do. You know, playing your pace, your tempo on Saturday. I think that's that's key to it. You they they slow you down. I think that. You know, that, that goes against what Memphis is trying to do. Yeah, uh, real quick while we're on the topic of college basketball, uh, if I may, I was at the uh, Creighton UNLV game last night, courtside, at Dollar Loan Center, Jason, in Henderson, Nevada. Creighton got clipped. Creighton got, I mean, they got worked, bro. Um, and, like, obviously, you know, they they can shoot the hell out of the ball, like, just, you know, from the big picture. I mean, they... 
They were awful last night, 8 of 29 from three. Um, UNLV could not miss, it felt like. Um, I'll say this. UNLV got one of those guys back, uh, uh, Keelan Boone, because uh, of the two-week temporary restraining order. Yep. Um, he was big, played 31 minutes last night, 10.6 rebounds. I, I, you know, obviously the the big takeaway for me, um, you know, like GP said, Creighton is a he thinks Creighton is a national championship contender, and I could not disagree with him more. I could not dis I could not possibly disagree with him more than I do on that subject. Oh, but weren't, um, weren't you super high on them before? Yeah, I know you saw it firsthand, but weren't you just as high on them before last night? I hadn't really seen them. I hadn't really, you know, had a look at them. Um, I mean, I, I knew they lost to Colorado State by a million. Thought I would and, call you this preseason talking them up. I could be wrong. I mean, I'm sure I, I'm sure I did, like as a Big East winner potentially, but I'm just, you know, I don't think this is a team that that is, uh, you know, and I know there's only a few, but when you're in the top 10, you're supposed to be a national championship contender, and I don't think this Creighton team is. And the reason I say that is because when you get into, you know, the Sweet 16, Elite 8, late March, you're going to have to you're gonna have to be tough. You're going to have to make tough buckets. And, like, this Creighton team is not capable of doing that. They just aren't. I mean, they're going to be a team that wants to make threes. They want to find Cockbrenner on a, on a, on a, on a lob, on a, on a roll and lob. And if you have physical defenders that can take them out of that, which UNLV had last night, I mean, UNLV is not talented, but they are tough. Um, and they knew exactly what they had to do to win that game, which is limit possessions um, and, and slow Creighton down and use the shot clock. And that's what they did. And they executed perfectly. Um, and I think any team against any team that can do that will have a chance to win against Creighton. And they're going to have a lot of teams like that in the Big East. But I'm just saying, like, if you have a, you know, if you have a Creighton championship ticket, feel sorry for you, man, because they ain't. There aren't many teams, Jason, that can win a championship. But I, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't put, like, I don't, I wouldn't put uh, Purdue in there either. You know, like ultimately, if you don't have no dog in you, I just, I don't think you can, you can win a title. You know, um, and like, like I think about that championship game last year. Mm-hmm. It that that game was full of dogs. It was nothing but dogs, honestly, between UConn and San Diego State. That's what it was. Um, and I, I didn't see any on Creighton last night. I'm just going to be honest with you. I mean, they can shoot it, and, and they'll beat up on teams like, you know, that, that want to try to play with pace. But, you know, any team that wants to uh, – the other style will win out against them. I, I really, really, truly believe that. So it'll be something to watch. Um but that's just uh, that was one takeaway I had last night is that you know Creighton fundamentally you know they're just they're they're missing some toughness and that's not just something you can find on the fly right right I'll tell you, you can't just be like Penny Hardaway and pick up a guy from Kansas yeah. State yeah I mean that's what like like Memphis like Memphis is tough Memphis has dogs on this team man Mil- Caleb Mills is a dog Javon Quilley is a dog um, David Jones is a dog what would like, you call I, their I front court Nick, players dogs. I think Jordan's kind of got some dog in him. Good. Well, yeah, when he's boxing out. I think he does. Um, More for like, I don't think, I, you know, he, I, lo- he I love He did dunk on somebody's school. head in that Texas A&M game. That was good to see. He played much tougher in that one than he had uh, against VCU. I'll give yeah, you like it's just, it's just you Malco's, gotta, Malco's a dog, right? Mal, I, Mal, yeah, I would say Malco's a dog, yeah. Okay, all right, well. I, again, you're gonna need. I, I think it, you know, gonna it, need it, some it, it dog out of Tomlin now if you're gonna get some real dog out of that front court. And he's a dog, bro. Come from Chipola, ain't no doubt. I mean, you 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 got to be when you go, you know that what that route. I think it might be good for Creighton. Honestly, like they may, okay, you know, they may use it as a as a you know rallying point. Like, okay, we got we got you know our our we got kicked in the dirt by two Mountain West teams that played a, a, a very specific way. Um, but it was noticeable. It was notable. Shout out to Brad's Rebels, man, because uh, that was a big win for that coach. Is he all? Is he off the hot off the hot seat now, Brad? No, hell no. Damn, tough crowd. No, bro. Top you ten were, win. I mean, you were at a neutral in your market. You know, it's it's thin right now for Kruger. I got to be honest with you. I mean, it's a big win for the fans. You got back one of those those two way guys, the two time guys. So you you got you got that done. But like. Fans are going to need. He's going to have to put together a complete season and make the tournament this year to save his 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 job. I mean, that's 
That's why that's why I was actually texting somebody about Memphis compared to UNLV because they're. I think UNLV would love to be like Memphis. They're just not. I think Memphis is making the tournament consecutively every year. They're trying to get off the seven eight game. They and and be four seeds like UNLV. UNLV's behind the eight ball with that basketball program. That's why that was a bad loss for Creighton last night. They dropped 10 spots, I think, at Kempom. They went from like eight into the low teens. UNLV jumped 25 spots, but that's like a Kempom 100 team. So not to dissect a team that nobody cares about, but to your point, man, like that's why like Memphis, like let's say Memphis lost that VCU game, for example. That was a very losable game for Memphis. Oh, God, could have hit the lamp in regulation? Yep, I wouldn't have felt any. I'll be straight with you. And I know pe- fans generally would feel differently. I wouldn't because a lot of S happens. You just need to knock off the Arkansas's, maybe clip Clemson at home and get some of those games done because you're going to get some bad losses and weird losses. That's, I, that was a little longer than you were asking for, John, but um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't get too excited about it. I was excited as a UNLV fan because they were coming off the deaths of those three professors. So there was a lot of emotion. They had the tags on the jerseys, if you recall. Right. They had a shooting on campus sure. this week. So there was some there was some stuff tied to that win that um, was sort of an anomaly. Yeah, yeah, that might be true. You might be right. That was their first game, or that was their first game in Vegas, or what? It was the first neutral game out there in Henderson. Wasn't it out in Henderson? It wasn't on campus, was it? Yeah, no, it was not at Tom. No, it was not on campus. Yeah, it was, it was definitely in. It was in that little venue that they built out there for the minor league hockey team, which is a beautiful place. I mean, it's like no, a, it was nice. Yeah, it, it was really nice. It's actually. like a tricked out version of the Lander Center, is what it is. But it's that's yeah. No, it was definitely yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you could t- obviously it's a much much smaller venue, but it it's like ten thousand. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, is it was, semi home on Kim Palm. I think yeah, the Ignite play in that arena is the Ignite generally playing it, but yeah, it's the a Silver Knights. Yeah, yeah. yeah but what'd you say it was, Jason? It was a quad. Two-ish win. It was for a them? semi-home. Yeah, it's it's a half-ass so, win for them. I mean, I mean, it's a big win. You no, want to get it's it? A, but, it's a quad yeah. one right now, yeah. technically, with where Creighton should end up. But oh, you'd yeah, rather yeah, have yeah. Penny Hardaway coaching your basketball team than Kevin freaking Kruger. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> it doesn't look good for a third year. Yeah. No, four, no he's four. gone. They, uh, the first two weren't. Well, I mean, he's got. Impressive. I mean, look, he, look. He, I mean, that's one to build on, though. I mean, yeah, but like they fired the coach with a like a 500 record in football last year and brought Barry Odom in. Like they'll fire Kevin Kruger if he doesn't get it together. They're trying to get into this. They're like Memphis, man. Like they have aspirations for that school to get off of the hump of the mid-major stuff and get into one of these power conferences because there's more shuffling going on, as y'all know. I mean, yeah, I was sitting next to. Uh, I was sitting at the game next to. The, the UNLV offensive line coach, Vance Weiss. Oh, yeah, the dude from Germantown. He's, shout out to Vance Weiss. That's a uh, Gabe's son guy. is a walk-on on Creighton. I was like, yeah, man, you know. Yep. So, uh... What, did it, what was his take? Play? Did you get to chat with him at all? I mean... Yeah, oh, yeah. I was like, so uh, y'all, y'all get to play in Allegiant once a year, huh? <laughs> he goes, no, that's where we play all of our games. Yeah, like, man. Damn. Every game. I, is I, I thought it was like a one one yeah. time a year thing. No, they have their own locker room and their Get own up, fl- their own uh, field there. Like they flipped that football program on SAS this year. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was definitely uh, a very impressive year for them. Either way, should be a hell of an atmosphere for uh, the Memphis Tigers as they take on the Clemson Tigers on ESPN Plus. But that don't matter. Get your ass down to FedEx Forum. Uh, a little late for club tickets, but still, hey, Jason, you could see a lot. In the terrace level on that new video board, can't you, my man? I mean, it's you it's really state of the art. You can see everything from there. You can tap the I mean, Zebo sign it's, while you're it's up. It's crazy. Like, take some pictures by the Zebo nice. sign while you're up there. It, it, yeah, I mean, think about that. You can take your kid to go take a picture in front of the Zebo sign, man. You're gonna be up there anyway. Yeah, man. Oh, exactly. that circular so, thing up in the nosebleeds? Yeah, the, the, you go the take Z- pictures by it when you're up in the bleeds. <laughs> that's a, it's a must I was stop. trying to figure out. Oh, my God. It's like the Hollywood sign. You have to go take a picture. <laughs> Is that yeah, what we're man, pitching a, now up there, bro? Yeah, my, my man. I take uh, your kids yeah. up there. Yeah, hey, that's hey, a nice thing the, up there. It's a nice amenity for the for the fans. After this trip to Vegas, I ain't going to be able to get nothing <laughs> but Terrace-level tickets. That's what it sounds Dang. like, brother. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Anyway, it should be a great atmosphere for the Tigers. Next story. Yeah, we'll see here shortly. Penny Hardaway has anything to add uh, in his availability, which should be starting right about now. Has anything to add about Saturday's game? We'll let you know if he does. In the meantime, uh, you got to talk about it. Grizzlies fall last night to Houston 117-104. We knew it when we saw Desmond Bain listed as questionable, uh, updated as questionable yesterday morning. It was going to be trouble. Uh, Jaron Jackson didn't have any trouble scoring a career-high 44 points. Didn't matter, though, because he had little to no help with Bain out. Grizz bench was outscored 58-19. to John's boy, Tari Eason, outscored Grizz bench by himself. Had 25 off the bench for Houston. Our boy, Dylan Brooks, 
uh, and I got our boy in quotations, uh, 11 points on four of six shooting. Uh, Houston, and what's becoming a recurring thing for the Grizzlies every time out, out-rebounded Memphis 58-39. to It ain't fun to talk about stats. The crazy thing was, it was, you know, I mean, in large part due to Jaron, it was a one-point game to start the fourth. Uh, but you just know, without the proper amount of firepower at some point it's coming, and it did in the form of a 10-2 run, stretched out for Houston was the Rockets' 11th straight home win. They are very good uh, at home, obviously, after losing their home opener to Golden State. They haven't lost again. Uh, their 11-game home winning streak is their longest since a franchise record 20-game uh, run from uh, back in 2018. Back to Jaron. He was, again, fantastic. John's talked about it all show. What is that, 41 and 44 in consecutive outings, and that is definitely a good thing, but he needs help, and it just feels like it's getting more frustrating by the day as you wait uh, the return of Ja Morant, not just Ja, but Luke Kennard, Marcus Smart, all those guys. Bain uh, in missing that game yesterday became the 11th Grizzlies player to miss a game due to injury or illness this season. It's just been one thing on top of the other for the Grizzlies, and hopefully that starts to clear up starting on Tuesday with Ja Morant's uh, return. The Grizzlies will be back at it on Friday night against the aforementioned Dylan Brooks and the Houston Rockets again. Yes, you got him again. We had circled this as a... Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago was one that you needed to get. I don't know, quite frankly, with, you know, Drew talked about it. We don't know on Desmond Bain yet whether or not he'll be available and coming through that illness. Don't feel as good about it now as we did. But I am curious, John, in terms of reception level, because Dylan Brooks has talked about it. The first two games of the Rockets obviously have come down in Houston. This will be his first game back in FedEx form since leaving uh, the Grizzlies in the offseason. I'm curious what kind of reception uh, do you think he'll get? Because he mentioned to uh, to the reporters yesterday he's had this one circled for a while. Well, I know you're going to shower him with a standing ovation. I mean, that's the first thing, uh, you specifically. Um, no, I mean, I think he'll probably just get booed, right? I mean, if Kawhi Leonard gets booed in San Antonio, uh, D- Dylan Brooks is going to get booed in Memphis. So I don't think, like, Dylan is some, you know, legacy player you know, where it's like he meant so much to this franchise. He had some he had some moments. He had some, you know, uh individual years where he was a, you know, very good defender and played hard and all that. But I mean, you know, our ultimate memory of Dylan Brooks, I think, as a as a grizzly is that he was fifteen percent from three and he kept shooting. He wouldn't stop. And the um ridiculous clothes and the things that he said during the Lakers series. I don't think I don't think Memphians remember him fondly. Uh, I don't think they like hold him up. So I think he'll get booed, bro. Um, I think that I think I'm with you that the the majority of what you will hear will be boos. But I do think because of where the Grizzlies are in the standings, you've seen it on social media, and because of the way Dylan has played for Houston this year, I, I, you're going to have your folks that your Grizzlies fans and and some of them down there that thought that Dylan Brooks should have always been and still been a part of this this franchise. Because I do think it's more than just, I, I will say, I, I disagree with you. The end was ugly. And in many ways, Dylan will be defined by the end and the way he was one foot out of here before it was over. You're challenging LeBron. That goes against what you're trying to do as a team. You're, at a time, you're trying to rein it in. There's no question. But, I, I dude, I, I do think that, you know, in terms of him being a part of this at one point and being an important part, at one point it's it's him and Ja against Utah. You know, it goes from you know a, a big three. I know Dylan re- uh, referred to that more than we certainly would, but I mean, he was a part. He, he's not going to be a part of the future. It's it's sort of like Draymond said, like the dynasty hopefully starts after you leave. But I do think he was a part of the process. And I, I think too we could sort of understand why he felt the way he did. You and I have talked about that. Like we got it. You know, why he, I mean, it's a constant demotion. You know, Desmond Baines, uh, rise, Jaron Jackson, more of an offensive priority. They're asking you to play the four after, you know, you were Batman and Robin uh, uh, against the Utah Jazz years earlier. Like, we got where he was at. We could understand it. Um, I just don't, it, I, I just don't think all of a sudden, you know, there at the end, we just, we can't appreciate what he had done in the years before. And so I say all that to say, yes, there's going to be mostly booze. And, and Harrington made a good point. I think a lot of that now is Dylan the villain. You, you do that sort of too out of respect because that's what that's what Dylan, you know, would, would expect and everything else. But you you don't boo somebody that you don't care about. But I do think there will be a there will be sections 
and couples that are standing in applause for Dylan Brooks tomorrow. It'll be drowned out, but you'll see them trying to make that statement that they were Dylan Brooks fans the whole time and still are. I think I think Grizz fans are that torn on Dylan. I think there are some with you, John, that just see the end. Man, forget him. He's done. To, he's dead to me. But I do think mm-hmm. there'll be some in there, and they'll be you know vocal in their way, stand up, do whatever it is, um, that will be in there standing up applauding him for, for his contributions over the years. I'll be booing him. <laughs> for, for, yeah, from from Las Vegas, right? We're not gonna we're not gonna hear you, but you will be bo- booing. Oh, from I'll be your, heard uh, from your yeah. Okay, all right. What are you doing tomorrow night in Vegas? Last night there. Just go, uh, plan is I- I'll reveal that tomorrow during the show. I'll reveal you, it. You haven't done any shows. It's just been all mainly sports and stuff. Shows? Yeah, no, no shows. See, that's what uh, you um, meant. I mean, I've, I've seen the I've seen the young you know, guys. I, make I, that I like a show, but I don't really. Uh, I don't want to do the, you know, Michael Jackson, Cirque du Soleil. I'll leave that to you. Okay. Well, you know, you, know, you a big, you a big Michael Jackson, Cirque du Soleil guy. I, I I would attend that with my wife. I certainly would do that. Probably well, I'm not, not here probably, with my wife, bro. Probably so I look not, like following that by my dad. I was going to give you. You didn't have to go to those. I was going to give you. Probably wouldn't do it if I was on a solo dolo like you. But uh, but yeah, Cirque, Cirque du Soleil, MJ. You know, Chris is a big Michael Jackson fan. Oh well, I mean, Michael Jackson, as we know, is one of the most talented it's artists. It's unbelievable yes. the way you can play the music now, and the kids. Jake loves it too. Actually, Dude, they'll start. Yeah, the, no, he loves that MJ and, stuff, and, and yeah. he's he, he playing Michael Jackson all day long, man. Yeah. So what am I going to tell him? Yeah. He'll never see Never Never Land. What was the coolest thing you've done, John? While we're quickly on this Vegas topic, besides the the clubs, um, I'm going to guess Sphere. Is it Sphere? I mean, yeah, I mean, the sphere was like, you know, it was it was definitely, I mean, it was definitely cool. I mean, I, I, obviously being in the Legion for a Raiders game, as sure, bad as yeah, it was, yeah. was the thing, you know, I mean, it was, you know, it was, uh, I mean, it's hard to sort of separate the, the, the game from the experience because yeah. the game was that awful. <laughs> um, but there was, there was a beauty to it because you just, at, at, you didn't know how it was going to end. It was like, God, these teams are so bad. Um, like is somebody is this going to be a tie at zero zero? Like there was that, it, it, you know, you kind of had that buzz around man. the stadium. You know, I That's will what, say the uh, BetQL update guy. Just when we play those like beat the books things, he goes possibly the worst game of the year coming up tonight. Oh, every like when I, like it's crazy. Like when I'm in the um when I'm in the elevator, you know, when I'm like tra- you know moving yeah. around the hotel, and I'm I'm always got my Raiders gear on, you know. Yeah, everybody's like, man, that game on Sunday was freaking terrible, wasn't it? I'm like, yeah. It was. It's just kind of funny. Like, I can wear my Raiders gear in Memphis, and like nobody, yeah. nobody says anything. But when I'm here, it's like That's they all they all want to talk about what the Raiders did. I just kind of find it. You ever done top golf or any recreation stuff or like Red Rocks or? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I did some uh, cocaine and you know. No, kind of I'm not, not talking about over the pump, oh. pump to pump to like a strip club. I'm talking oh, like, I like, thought you were no, talking like, about I, recreational I, drugs. No, no, no. please don't. no, no, no. Other oh. than that. Uh, no, I've been, I've definitely, um, what, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've done, you know, a little, I did a little blackjack. That was a mistake. Uh, <laughs> did a little roulette. That was a mistake. Jason, I put it all on, uh, 13 for Jaron. 13? Yeah. Didn't work didn't out work. for you, apparently. Mm. No, nah, bro. No, it, it did not. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've, I've just kind of done the, the, you know, have not gone to any clubs. I've been, I've been a very good boy. I really have. I, I think my wife would be extremely proud of me. Um, you know, on, on uh, Sunday night, you know, got to bed really early halftime, basically of, uh, of, of, of the Sunday night game. But that was because I had been up for 22 straight hours. I mean, we were, we were oh, keeping God. the clock. Good grief. Jason, I still am built different, bro. Just to let you know. You know what I'm saying? I went 22 straight hours, bro. You're so, going to have to let go of that, bro. There's there's just nothing left to prove anymore. Well, That's what you've got to come to grip, come to grip I, with. I, I will be honest. I still have not recovered from that 22-hour marathon. Yeah, I can hear you. Um, I think yeah, the good like news still, is he, he gets a month of paternity here shortly. So, <gasps> Are you sure it's not that, eight weeks? We're no, going to find I, out, I, I, aren't I th- we? Actually, hold on. Oh, I just got the men, Oh, here's the memo. Yep, it's now two months, They're giving Jason. men two months yep. for not having babies. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Is that true? No, it's not. Two months? No, you get did a you month. Hear, did, you did you hear the light bulb He immediately was like, let me apply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> how many kids can I have? And yeah, we would never see him my again. Guy, my guy's getting and my, two. Can I have 10 kids at the same time <laughs> um, and get like... T- when's, when's that young man due? The young man who remains nameless yes, is due uh, February. 
Okay. Yeah, we're going to have to cover February, Jason, without our guy. Will any, you do yeah, phoners gonna, for us? Let me go ahead and ask. Any any we, any chance that if if Tomlin comes in here and is a real you yeah, know make one game changer that we can call the boy you know in January that we can call the boy Quan. Um, man, Quan Martin. You know that yeah. one is I think going to be a, a tough sell. Okay, Sam is very progressive, but I think that one's going to be a, a little bit too tough. To, All right. He already hit the quad. Uh, back, back, to, back to Grizzlies again. They'll be back in action against uh, Houston tomorrow night. There was uh, Tony here says, I totally disagree with both of you guys. I think there are a lot of people out here that have a lot of respect for Brooks. Hell, we miss him this year because we don't really have toughness on the team, especially with Jai out. It might be at best be a mixed bag of booze and cheers. That's kind of what I said there, Tony. You're Man, sort, of, think, here, you're sort Jason, of disagreeing here. with John there. That's what I said. I, I believe there are a lot of people in Memphis who miss Dylan Brooks and will make it a point to stand up and miss. clap for him. I just don't think you're going to hear that over the booze. Yes. People so miss the idea bag. of Dylan Brooks. That's what they miss, the idea but oh, well, exactly. I'll, li- I'll listen to that. I mean, it's not just the idea. Dylan Brooks was a significant contributor. Yeah, but he was. But but again, even going into but, last year, it was about the this is the year it. we find out whether or not Dylan Brooks is a part of this going forward. There was that question we going found out. Oh yeah, we, we found, found out. out. But, again, but again, will he be completely defined by how he went out? I just don't think it, it, it's the whole. Well, we, it's the whole picture all? of him. Are we his all? contributions? And his contributions. All that said. Aren't we all judged by the way we go out, bro? All that said. We got Dylan Brooks tomorrow night back in FedEx form. And tomorrow at 1130 after <laughs> shoot-around, we will have Ja Moran making his first public comments. He certainly made some uh, in ci- uh, civil trial, uh, a civil suit he's in, or hearing at least. Uh, but it will be the first time addressing being back uh, everything ahead of Tuesday's uh, hopeful debut of Ja Morant this season against the uh, against the Pelicans. So tomorrow 1130, we'll be listening to Ja. In the meantime, uh John, next door. Next story. Jason's all-time favorite NFL coach, Billy B, is not talking about his job status uh, on the heels of a report that Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots, has made a decision to move on from Bill Belichick. Wow. Uh, he says... Predicted this. I'm getting so ready. This is, this is wild. Yeah, I, I love Bill Belichick, bro. His monotone, just like he like looks at you for about three seconds, and then he's like, "I'm getting ready for Kansas City." It was such a different guy <laughs> from the uh, from the Army Navy game that put on the helmet and everything else. Yeah, was I know. Well, that's it. you know what I mean. That guy is miserable. Yeah. It's like you can talk to him about anything else. <laughs> yeah. You start you start asking about his damn team, and I get it. That team is miserable. It'd make me upset yeah, too. It sucks. Yeah, it's like uh, you know, uh, hey Bill, man, what do you think about the Army game, man? You know what? That was that was an awesome display of football service academies. Everything that makes this country so great. Oh, uh, is uh, is Kendrick Bourne gonna play on on Sunday? I tell all our guys to be ready. <laughs> you know, it's like it's just the the dichotomy of Bill. So Graziano, but get, go ahead, go ahead. I'm just saying. Sometimes you know, I don't want to talk about my stuff at work either. You know, you can talk to me about uh, you know. I'm talking about, you know, politics or something, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm talking about outside of work. I'm talking about on on the job. But, you know, you start talking to me like, man. And I, I will say, like, I'm guilty of this. Like, somebody will, like, come up to me after, you know, the show is over, and they'll, like, say, man, what do you think about uh, Tomlin? I'm just like, yeah, dude, I've been talking about Tomlin for about four years, bro. I mean, I'm about done talking about it, you know? Listen from 11 to 2. <laughs> um, so I understand his frustrations, man. I was going to say that uh, Dan Graziano wrote about this, and I, I think he thinks this is how it's going to go down. He, he compared it to Joe Torre with the Yankees. When they knew it was over, you have an accomplished coach, but you have an organization that knows it's also time to move on from him. And so it's a, it's a delicate dance where you've got to sort of – you're never going to say the word fired. I think, he, I think he also used Tom Coughlin with the Giants as an example of the two guys he had covered and been like this and sort of, I mean, you know, guys who, who won big, stepped down, the organization realized the contribution, so we can't have a, a firing. And what you do is, you know, you, you work it out where it's an honoring of the, of the coach right afterwards and sort of a legacy thing, and that's what's going to have to happen here. Because what you cannot do is give Bill Belichick the GM control that he's had going into this draft. Robert Kraft knows that. He's made, I'm sure he's made that decision. And what Bill Belichick, I'm sure, is not going to accept 
is the the uh, losing the controls in terms of personnel, right, and going on because that essentially is a demotion. You're lo- you're being fired from one job if you stick around just as coach, and that's as GM. And so that's why, because of what you know, th- this organization has has accomplished with him, you have to come to an amicable divorce like the Yankees did, where you honor the guy as he moves on. And and I don't know, maybe you're you know they end up you know trading his rights or whatever else. I know you had talked about they did that that weird secretive off-season contract extension. I have no idea what's left on it or whether other teams would want him, but you have got to part ways because what you can't give is Belichick GM control. You see where you're at now with that. You can't give him GM control through this draft that's going to be so important for them, whether it's quarterback or whether they're going to decide. they got to get a quarterback. What are we talking about? And so you're going to let Bill Belichick, who just couldn't develop Mac Jones or Bailey Zapp, you're going to let him make the decision. So it, it's a tough spot, but I think one that we could all kind of see coming. Yes. And you can't wait around, what is it, the 18 more games he needs, wins for to pass Don Shula? Mm-hmm. If you were Robert Kraft, I mean, you get this thing's in the hole right now. And so that's they're at a, to use your word, John, crossroads. crossroads. And Graziano, and you, and I, I think the, the, the Kraft decision is going to be sort of something like that, right, that, that we've got to honor him. But all, but but move on, right? Yeah, I mean, and the question just becomes after that, you know, is, is he done? Everybody says it's Gerard. Oh, oh, on him. Yeah, I thought you were talking about Patriots. Everybody says the favorite in the clubhouse is Gerard. I will say, Gerard like Mayo to replace there, him. Some, I don't remember who it was, man. Somebody, somebody randomly mentioned to me like a week or two ago. They're like, "Hey, man." Raiders. I'm like, man. You gonna I, you gonna not, give him a personnel decision? No. That's what I'm saying, bro. I do not want Bill Belichick with the Raiders, dude. Well, I and, just went through Josh McDaniels. I don't want to go. But I like Mark Davis, bro. If he can get Bill Belichick, he's hiring Bill Belichick. There's no question about it. Yeah, he's dumb enough. I don't know to do, if, he's dumb enough. I don't to know do if it Bill Belichick point. would do it. But it, again, if you know. you're, if you're gonna give up. If you're going to give up GM and coach uh, that kind of role, if you're Mark Davis, hand that over to someone, you should give that to Harbaugh as opposed to Bill Belichick. Like, like, look what's on the field for the Patriots now, right now, and tell me all the the young draft finds that are you know on, on the brink of stardom. Look, look at that situation and tell me you know all the all the great personnel decisions that he's made in terms of you know talent and everything else. That thing is that thing is barren of talent. You know, it, it's it's and then you look at the, the development of the quarterback situation. I mean, Mark Davis would be stupid enough to do something like that. But if you're gonna, if you're going to hand it over both, I think uh, you'd be better off doing it to to, to Harbaugh than you would yeah. to Bill Belichick. I think at this point in his career, maybe some franchise will decide. No, the greatness is enough for us. We're going to let him roll and and sign him to a five year deal and see where it takes us. But right. I, I think you're headed for. Uh, some of the same if you do that. I think the writing's on the wall. And my guess is most of the league has seen it, at least in terms of Bill having personnel control. Right. Yes. But we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, he's not, gonna, he's, not, uh, he's not going to address it, but it may, it may be impossible to address here very soon. They're eliminated from uh, playoffs. Uh, they are locked into their season total under. It has been an absolute disaster. Uh, Jason, unless that's it, unless got, you have one more. I got one more. I got to do Next story. Uh, a salute, a respect burger, uh, uh, 47 of them for the 47 years that he was over at MUS. Bobby Austin. Yeah. Longtime football coach, track coach, athletic director, a guy who uh, I want to say, man, all four of his uh, football state titles I was at, one of his tra- uh, I covered for the commercial appeal, one of his uh, track state titles I remember covering for the commercial appeal. And I will just say that John Varlas, the preps writer over the Daily Memphian, has done a fantastic job of summing up. Um, one thing David Williams, uh, my former editor at the Commercial Appeal, would say, if you'd done a good job uh, with a profile piece or a feature, said you really captured him. He said that one time about a piece I did about Josh. And, you know, he rarely said it. And, and again, it, I think he reserved it for when there were really good pieces. This is one of those pieces that John Barless has written about Bobby Austin, again, stepping down at MUS after almost five decades, 47 years there. Varless has captured the essence of Bobby Alston, who, again, having been around for years and years in my time and preps, I, I have never known a man uh, or a coach, I'll say, in terms of my covering, especially high school athletics, whatever it is, college athletics, that will take himself out of the situation in terms of, I, I didn't do this. 
Uh, they made the tackles. They made the interceptions. Of course, uh, a lot of coaches deflect the credit to the players. Bobby went out of his way to do so almost to the point it was uncomfortable, almost to the point where you could never get him to pat himself on the back. I remember it's a funny little story here. Back when I was uh, uh, coming on, covering preps for the CA, coming on to talk to uh, Chris Vernon during his show. Uh, we'd do, he'd throw me a bone, do a little prep segment before I got the Tigers beat. He, 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 he joked one day, MUS had gone down to South Panola, powerhouse South Panola at that time was, I want to say on this incredible winning streak or, or you know, it, as powerful as they'd ever been, MUS went down there and beat them on national television. And after the game, after the game, I am, I'm patting Bobby on the back and the ESPN cameras, I guess, had caught that. I'm doing my post-game interview, patting the guy on the back, telling him, man, you did a pretty good job come down here and beat this. It was Barry Bernetti and those guys that had come down there and beat this powerful South Panola team, standing room only crowd and everything else. I'm patting Bobby on the back because he would rarely give himself any credit. And I came in here, Vernon had seen it on ESPN and said, man, I saw you humping Bobby Austin's leg. And I had never laughed so hard, uh, try, even in this defense of saying, man, I wasn't humping his leg, but I was indeed trying to give the guy credit because it was hard not to root, um, especially in a situation where it's, yeah, you know, your schools, Memphis schools, Shelby Metro schools are playing against a Mississippi school that's outside your coverage area. So you better believe I was rooting for Bobby Austin and Barry Brunetti and even having to do my job covering the game. But that dude, humble servant, are the two words that I would use to describe Bobby Austin. And John Varlis did a much better job, again, of going through the career, the kind of coach he was, uh, the difference he made in almost 50 years over at MUS. So I got to salute Respect Burger all day long uh, for the great Bobby Austin, who announced that after 47 years he's stepping down in December. One of the best to ever do it. Certainly, and sort of like the uh, the Steelers over there. Rudolph had it before Austin, and Austin's had it so long. It's like you can't imagine that thing other than you know not being uh, uh, Rudolph or, or Bobby Austin at the controls. But um, we will move forward. We'll see who gets those uh, those big shoes. And uh, yeah, man, Bobby Austin, I hope you enjoy uh, retirement, man, because you certainly deserve it uh, with all the uh, all the contributions you made to prep sports. Well said, my friend. Well said. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, Jeff Cox is going to join us at 125. Talk to him about uh, Grizz, Tigers, and more. Stick around. Jason and John, Eddie Turner FM, ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.